welcome back. We are sitting down tonight with Kate Mishricky. She is a friend of mine that I know actually through um, teaching. I taught her son, little Sebastian, at my Montessori school. And her husband, Brandon, also aka Cuckoo, came in as well in my summer camp at the school and um, did a really wonderful presentation. So we became friendly after that. And I get to watch um, little Sebastian grow and bloom through their Facebook posts and really enjoy a, a blooming friendship with Kate and Brandon. Um, and we have a lot in common and they are wonderful friends. And I'm very excited to have Kate on tonight because I don't know much about Kate, even though she's my friend. Um, and I'm really excited to learn more about her. So welcome, Kate. Well, thank you for having me. I was I was surprised to be asked because I'm like, me? Me? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> since having kids, I've kind of uh, just become mom. And a yeah. lot of like the things that I was doing prior to having kids, like being a working artist has kind of become very secondary in my life. So it's kind of like, whoa, someone wants to talk to me about like art and stuff. <laughs> like, I'm so not qualified for this, but I guess. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so untrue. You're amazing. Kate, Kate, you're amazingly talented. Um, just the stuff I've seen on Facebook is very, very cool. Not only with art and, and your glasswork, but also um, cooking. Oh my gosh, Kate makes the the bomb diggity food, like the best stuff. And um parenting and 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 I know you'll probably like laugh this laugh at this, but um you're doing you're killing homeschooling, like you're slaying it. I know it's very a lot, but um one thing I always really appreciate and and really um find inspiration in Kate about is uh you're so you're so so wonderfully able to multitask and be good at many different things, you know, and that's really incredible quality. And I don't know um, how you do it, A, and what you can attribute to that. Like, certainly I would think sometimes people that might have more like a, a higher energy, like work on a different energy level or dimension um, can be better at multitasking. And I remember being better at it, but now I'm not. <laughs> So um, well, you're I, tired. You're a mom. Like you're exhausted. Like I'm definitely not at my peak. Believe you me. I used to be better at this too. You're tired. Yeah. No. Truth. 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 Yes. Very tired and very hard to try and work and mom and yeah. homeschool and virtual school. Yeah. It's it's a tricky time. But even talking to Brandon just about your different um, business ventures the two of you had. I mean, it was really an incredible story. And I think what I love about the two of you is that you have so much drive and so much motivation. And, and, and I really always appreciate that in people. And, and I always think of like resiliency and like building grit, you know, all these like buzzwords now that you hear, but um, the other really cool thing about Kate and Brandon is they both went to Tyler too, um, around the same time as me. So that's really cool. And did he say that you, you went to the old campus only, is that right? Yeah, I get bragging rights there. Yes, um, you I, do. <laughs> yes, I was you the do. last. I think I was the last class to graduate wow. from the old campus. So I completed all awesome. my time there. Although I did take some classes downtown for like you know core classes, non art classes. Like I took like right. a calculus class downtown, or like oh, wow. I took several political classes downtown. But, um, you know, just to fill requirements, of course. But, like, uh, sure. no, I, I stayed there till the end. I went down with the ship, so to speak. That's awesome. But it's cool because Brandon, you know, he I think he did either half or a little bit more than half at the old campus and then switched over. Yes. 
So I got to go to the new campus frequently. And, you know, while I didn't get to take classes there, I got to experience it through him. And it was, you know, right. a nice experience. I mean, I'm glad, to be honest, I'm glad I didn't go there. Yeah, I, I know. My I did go there. Tyler. But yeah. uh, it was it was a very nice facility. And, uh, you know, it's it was cool. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, I switched over, like, I guess when I started going is when they just switched over, you know, so I had a couple classes at Elkins Park. And I was super bummed because it was, you know, it was a really nice experience. And then I think the Barnes was kind of moving around the same time. And it was yes. just all like, so like- upsetting. Yeah, it was like, what is going on? Like the art of the steel, I think it was called um, the documentary about the Barnes moving. I haven't seen it, but I mean, I haven't it just either. That like all the wills of all these people were just being, you know, like, no, we're going to break that and do what yep. we want. And I just, you know, but the thing with Tyler is, I don't know anything about the Barnes, is that they had talked about it forever. Like this was really? coming for, oh yeah. Like it had been 20 years of them talking about it. I'm actually surprised they did it, to be honest, because it had been yeah. like kind of talked about for decades. And when they did it, I was like, whoa, they actually yeah. did it. So that's wild. Yeah, if I had gone to college, like right out of high school, I would have been at Elkins Park the whole time. But I went first to Drexel, like, I don't even know, for photography. And then I dropped out, clearly, because that's insane. And I lived in Baltimore for a little while. And then I came back and I went um, to Tyler then. And it was right when they were switching over. But I always thought Elkins Park was a really cool campus and had a very different feel about it, you know. But then, I mean, as a person that wants like people to have equal opportunity. I understand the argument that it did give people more opportunity that were like able to get there from the city. Although I'm sure Elkins Park, you oh, can no. get there we by had a bus shuttle. and stuff. We had a yeah. shuttle. Not only did I we have a that. shuttle, right. we had like the world's, and this is the third time today I've brought this man up. So like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't remember this guy's name. I wish I did. He was the coolest man I think I've ever met. He just like was Aww. super cool. Like, so he was the shuttle driver for between Tyler and main campus. So like, if you had to take a class on one, he was your shuttle driver. And he was this yeah. dude who like, when you would get on, he would compliment everyone. Like every single person. Be like, Hey honey, looking nice. Ooh, man, my man. And just like super, super personable and friendly. Aww. And then as he, he always played, oh, it was like some kind of like, um, I don't know if it was WXPN, but it was like yes. a local radio station. <laughs> and they had this show called Quiet Storm, which was like this kind of like jazz station. <laughs> Quiet yes. Storm. I don't <laughs> and he used to drive down Broad Street because it was a straight shot down Broad Street. And the whole time um, that song, the music would play and he'd be like, point. he knew everyone and people knew him. They'd be honking at him. He'd be waving. Oh, he'd be wow. driving down, just going like, hey, yeah, drive. That's like, what's so up, great. my man, my brother? And I'm just like, I love this guy. <laughs> That's so great. He oh made that drive because I hated driving on the shuttle because I would get sick. But like, just. Yeah his energy like actually made everything so good. He was such a yeah. positive energy and such a cool dude. Like if cool had a picture in the dictionary, it would be the shuttle driver from Tyler, oh, the main campus. That's awesome. Little things like that make such a big difference. I love yeah, that. He was the man. That's so cool. So um, let's rewind a little bit. I forgot to mention or ask, uh, what did you study at Tyler? What did you study in school? Well, I went to Tyler for glass and that 
it's kind of interesting. So if you don't mind me giving a little backstory on that. No, please. Okay. Listen, this is a free for all. Do as you would wish. <laughs> That's my life. Um, so mine too. <laughs> leading up to like college or like even maybe a little before that, like I'd say like when I was younger, I had a very deep interest in science. And mm. as I got older, ast- astronomy, a lot of astronomy, but I finally kind of narrowed it down to meteorology and I became kind of obsessed with meteorology, like obsessed. It's like all I did. I read about it. I watched the weather channel. Like it was like shows. Like I watched the local on the eight. I just kept it on all day. I just watched the weather wow. channel. Like it was riveting to me. And to this day, I start out my day by checking the weather. Like I wake up, mm-hmm. I grab my phone, I check the weather models. So I was really into meteorology and I had planned to, I think go to Penn State for meteorology was my plan because they have a, a fantastic um, meteorology program. And then I was dating a guy and I, but I was also really into art. Like since I was a kid, like my dad put me in the bomb school of art in Allentown when I was a kid. Oh, wow. when I was five. Yeah. So my dad always really nurtured that artistic interest. And I, and I wasn't like an exceptional artist, but I loved art. So, um, you know, it was never something I thought could be a career or anything anyway. So um, then I was dating my high school sweetheart. We dated for like six years. And um, it's odd how things happened. So he like was kind of like what I wanted to do in meteorology was kind of dangerous. I wanted to start, like do extreme weather uh, phenomena, like hurricanes, tornadoes, like really extreme weather. And he was not thrilled about that. So, um, I kind of like reconsidered the dangers involved. And one day I was in my art class in high school and I saw some glass flowers on my teacher's desk and I was like blown away by them. They were just like nothing I had ever seen before. Like a material that is so kind of rare. You see it as like, you know, glass is where like bowls and cups and you see it sometimes sculpturally, but I'd never seen anything like this before. And I was just like, wait a minute. It like opened my mind to the idea that glass didn't have to be like Christmas ornaments and right. like vases, really. And I had no idea you could use this medium sculpturally. And I kind of became obsessed. And then, believe it or not, that same boyfriend, his sister, who was, I think, eight years older than him. She was much, much older than him. She actually was going to Tyler at the time for glass. No joke. Oh, wow. And so I used to go visit the school. I was like 15, mm-hmm. 16 years old. And I used to go Aww. visit the Elkins Park campus on the weekends and like go to the hot shop and, you know, just check it out. And after a while, I kind of just decided, okay, like maybe I'll do this instead. Like I was like, yeah, because like glass blinds like less dangerous, still <laughs> dangerous, but I guess less dangerous in a way. Actually, I'm not sure it's less dangerous. Um <laughs> So I, you know, I said to my dad one day, I said, what, what do you think about this? Like, do you think this is a terrible idea? And he said, no, I think like, if you really think that this is something you would really want to pursue, then I'm, I'm all for it. So I started looking around and I saw Tyler, of course. And I, I think U of Arts had a glass program, but it was not even comparable. And I, mm. I wanted to stay in Pennsylvania because I know like Alfred up in New York had a great program too. But I kind of had my heart set on Tyler, um, their glass program. And I remember my dad just saying, you have to apply to other schools. I'm like, I don't want to apply to other schools. So I applied <laughs> to U of Arts, that one, uh, Tyler, and more. And I remember mm-hmm. more didn't even have a glass program. So that was pretty much like I'm not going there anyway. But I got into Tyler right off the bat. So I didn't even have to worry. But I remember, uh, so I went there like already knowing 
that's what I want to do. And I kind of had to like, it was very hard to get into that major. It was like the most sought after classes on campus. So like, wow, it was really hard. But um, luckily, I because I had been there before for many mm-hmm. years, I knew a few people and they like helped me get in. So that's awesome. Yeah, there was probably just a small number of placement, like places, right? That they could accept. You mean for um, like for students in the for classes? the major? Yeah, yeah like to well, have a class of because it would be a kind of tighter squeeze for a studio, right? Well, it was that yes, you can only have like OSHA rules. You know, you can only have so many people in right. a shop before it becomes like a serious hazard. So, like, you have max capacity rules that I don't know if you have in a painting class. I don't no, know. probably Maybe not. You do. I don't know. OSHA rules. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I guess it I know, could be if you're oil painting, but <laughs> right. So, um, you know, look, there's oversight for everything in the world. So I yes, think indeed. like, because you have to take like an intro class, then an intermediate class, and then you can start major. But to get into that intro class was impossible because if you're a freshman or, you know, a sophomore, mm-hmm. you're like low right. man on the totem pole for registering. Yeah. You got to wait for seniors, juniors. And, and they would take it as electives, right? Which I always thought mm-hmm. was really unfair. Like if yeah, you aren't going to be a major, you shouldn't get to take this as an elective since there's like literally right. three extra spots outside the major. So like literally those spots would be gone 20 minutes after registration. Wow. And I'd be like on day four and they'd be gone instantly. So I got really lucky. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. They would have like, um, when I was, because I was art ed, so we would be tracked like differently than like a painting major. I was like a BS in art ed, and then I would take like all the other classes, but they like did it some way where it was like major only, you know, for like painting and drawing and stuff, or like, I don't know what else was like that, maybe like graphic design or sculpture, but I remember there, then I'd end up, because I was art ed, BS, <laughs> BS, art ed, <laughs> um, I'd end up in class like random, like with random like majors that were just taking it as like an elective and I was like this is so weird but also kind of nice I don't know sometimes you know the art school student can get a little bit like nauseating sometimes you know when you're around them all the time yeah you know like there was a film about that when we were in school I think or maybe in the 90s it was really funny what was it I don't remember who was in it oh my gosh I'm gonna have to look that up now trying to think it was like about art school it's really funny (laughs) I'm not even sure I've seen it. I'm like the type of person where people will like talk about like a, a movie that everybody has ever seen because it's like, you know, The Godfather. I'm like, I, I've never seen The Godfather. I've never seen or, Godfather either. You know, Me like the, yeah, like I don't have, I like, I'm the type of person that when I like a movie, I just watch it. Like that, that's good. Yeah. I'll just keep watching this. You know, I'll watch yeah. The Princess Bride 5,000 times. So I don't need <laughs> I to do watch that The too. Godfather. I'm like that too. And I also now as I'm older and like I've gotten busier and tried so hard to manage my time better um I don't find that I can sit really for a movie it's almost like painful yeah no I get I try to I try to relax but it's hard because I don't know it's it's really tricky being self-employed and like not having any cushion it's just like constant hustle um to take a break is it's hard I have to like force myself for my children you know and for like your mental health I'm sure you do. I know you do because you're very busy too. And it's very hard. And I've seen you guys 
you do take breaks and do fun stuff together, which is good because you have to do that. You have to like yeah. force yourself. You have to force yourself. And I try you to just stay up really late to try and make up for it. Like, you know, like if I do say like, okay, like I'll, you know, tell Brandon like today we're going to just spend with the kids. We're not yes. going to, I'm not going to like clean the house. Cause that's my thing. I like part of my like own personal therapy to manage my ADHD is I need a really clean environment. And that yeah. just never happens. Cause I'm up against three very messy people. Three. Yes. Well, notice yes. I said three. So, I need it. I <laughs> I need like pure organizational systems or I shut down like excess. Yeah. Um, like external stimuli, I freeze. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh crap, I, 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 I don't know what to do. Oh my God, it's just too much. It overwhelms me. So yes, yes. I usually stay up like, well, <laughs> I shouldn't say I usually, theoretically, I'm supposed to like, this is my own like mental thing where I, I tell myself, all right, Monday, I'm going to clean the bathroom. Tuesday, I'm going to clean the living room after the kids go to bed. So that's how we've been doing it is where we, after the kids go to bed, Brandon comes out here, he works. I mean, yeah. during the day too, but like, you know, just right. to make sure that we spend enough time with the kids and aren't constantly grinding well, because it's not like they're going to school outside the house when we could do that. It's like they're here. Right. So we have to spend time with, I mean, we have to. <laughs> yeah. So Brandon comes out here usually from like 8 p.m. to like 11 every night. And then I, you know, do a load of laundry and the dishes and the you know, floor if I'm feeling up to it or the bathroom. But so that's kind of our thing is we've just shifted our hours. So it's like, yes. So this is great. This is giving me an excuse where I'm like, I don't have to clean tonight. <laughs> oh, good. That's awesome. I'm so, I'm so grateful you made time and you have time. Um, yeah. I kind of was doing the same thing and I found like, I think it's called like the fringe hour or something where you find this time when you, when you're really busy and you find, you make the time, you carve out the time or whatever. But I was doing it later and it, I really liked it, but then I had this like reaction and now I can't stay up late anymore. And, but so I'm slowly getting out of it and feeling better. Like I can stay up late, but it's hard because I usually push that too. Like I push, like I'll usually probably sleep about seven, seven and a half hours. That's where I usually on a good night. Well, <laughs> yeah. I should say it's, it's more like the like sweet six. spot. My sweet spot yeah. is seven, seven and a half, but I'll be honest, it's usually more Me like too. Six, six and a half, but I aim for seven, seven and a half. I yeah. Think. You know, it's hard though, Kate, like, I don't know if this happens to you, but my cortisol right away, if I'm not sleeping enough and I'll like gain weight right away. Like, I'll just be like, what is happening? It's so annoying. I have very skinny genetics. Um, yeah. My I mean, dad... do you feel it affect you though? Like in that way, like in any kind of chem um physiological yes, I, way well if I don't get enough sleep I'm just a grouch so I'm a grouch yes. a lot. I mean let's be honest here like I love my children I think I'm a pretty good mom but dear god am I grouchy when I'm tired oh, and I'm like so, they, yes you know it I mean and I tell them like I'll tell Sebastian mm -hmm. like I'll be like I always do it with my fingers I go I'm supposed to get this much sleep this many yeah okay yes. last night I got this many and right like, oh that's half I'm like right so my like happiness, patience, all that, that's cut in half now. <laughs> yeah. That's very smart to do it visually. I should try that with Hunter. Cause what happens with us is when, when I'm tired and then he's first thing in the morning, raring to go and like giving us yeah. a hard time right off the uh, bat. And I'm just like, yep. please stop. So we end up yelling at each other yep. and my husband's just sitting there like, you guys are literally the same person. And I'm just like, he and I are just, my son and I are just a bottle of emotions. Like, yep bursting everywhere and my husband's very like logical and not like that and like he's just 
so much better with him when I'm like tired and not in the mood for it. But then usually the afternoon, evening, I swoop in and I'm more like rested and feel more normal, <laughs> like human. And we kind of tag team it. But yeah, it's nice to have that support. Um, I don't know how I could do this current situation alone. That's for no, sure. It same. is bananas. It is bananas. So compliment me. I'm just like, no, like I can only take half credit. Okay. I can take like probably 65% credit. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> no, but like, honestly, like Brandon's an incredible partner. He really yeah. is. Like, I'm not just saying that he is just 110%. He's a great father, a great husband. Yeah. I don't have to, he just always puts us first, you know, and he, and he yes. Yes. prioritizes. So yeah, I don't have that's to like, all my husband is too. It's really yeah. nice. That's awesome. Isn't it? I feel like- it's like really nice. And I've never really been around that, you know? Really? So yeah, I've never really been around a dad like how my husband is, which I'm really thankful for. See, I and think I, I must have had high expectations because I yeah, because you have father. a great dad. Yeah. And I have a single father, so I only yeah you know, I didn't grow up with my mother, and so um, he was all I had. Yeah, um, and he was an incredible father. You want to talk resiliency? You want to talk strength? Yes. Uh, like that. Like literally, he and his parents and that type of family are the strongest people I know personally. Uh, like just wow. for so many reasons, but truly, my dad. I could not do what he did. It would be, I mean, I guess, and when I say that to him, he said, yes, you would, because you had to, and you have to, and you will, like you would. Yeah. You, you don't know that you are strong until you, what else are you going to do? You know, right. you don't have you another rise. option. Right. I guess you don't, so. That's very cool. Your dad sounds like an amazing person, just from what I've seen on Facebook and, and heard you talk about. Um, He sounds like a really incredible person. That's yeah. really nice. I'm very lucky. Like, I mean, if you're going to have one parent, I got the best. Oh, that's awesome. That's really great. So um, tell me a little bit about your background. Um, I know you said you're a mutt. <laughs> Aren't we all, right? But I feel like I've seen, I, I know like Facebook is such a horrible reference for researching for our interview, but mm -hmm. I know you've talked a little bit about um. I guess maybe it was your dad's side. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, and I'm like kind of blanking because I feel like it was a year over a year ago or so that I remember being like, "Oh wow, I should learn more about that with Pete." Um, but yeah, talk to me about like, um, you know, a little bit more about your background, whatever you'd like to share. And um, you did mention your Pennsylvania Dutch, and I'd love to hear any of your. Um, experiences with that as a younger person because where did you guys grow up like where where did you grow up so okay so I was actually I born was on Long Island I was born in Manila, oh. Long Island which is right oh, outside wow. Queens it's kind of like I want to say it's like the first town over in Nassau County so like I think when you cross the bridge into Long Island, I want to say you're immediately in Queens on the south part, and then you go over and it's Nassau County. So, Mineola. I was born there. Um, my mother, who's my Pennsylvania Dutch blood, she's 100% Pennsylvania Dutch. She is a purebred. Oh, wow. Um, she was a social worker um, in New York, and she worked at a hospital. Uh, I don't know if it was Nassau County Hospital. I should know this, but I don't. Um, but anyway, she worked at the same hospital my dad was at. My dad was a resident at the same hospital. He was a doc. He's a medical doctor. Um, and so they met 
and uh, got married. Actually, <laughs> they got engaged two months after their first date, and they got married two months later. Oh. Um, it was pretty, pretty instantaneous. You know, you hear of soulmates, you hear of love at first sight. Well, yeah. there it was. And um, I was born and we stayed there for like maybe a year and a half. And then my mom started to get a little nervous about like living on Long Island. Like, and believe it or not, she was like, you know, what if there was like a terrorist attack? And this is like 1985. You oh, know, like, wow. she's like, how would we get off the island? Like, what if there's a natural disaster? How would we get off the island? Like, if you've ever driven on the Long Island Expressway, even during non, you know, bad hours, you can't move. It's horrible. So she right, decided right. that, you know, when my dad started working or, you know, he was finishing up his residency, I believe. Maybe he had. I don't know. And they like he was looking for a more permanent position somewhere. And she said, I'd like to look for places in Pennsylvania to be near my parents. So she comes from Lebanon County. Um, okay. From Palmyra. Palmyra, Lebanon County, and um, her her uh, last name before getting married was Hostetter, very Pennsylvania Dutch last name. Oh, yeah. Um, if anybody listening grew up in Palmyra, you recognize the name probably because of my grandfather's department store, Hostetter's department store, which uh, their main store was on the main street in Palmyra, but they had other stores like Hershey and Jonestown, maybe, and all over the area. So, Oh, wow. Um, she wanted to come back to Pennsylvania. I don't know if she wanted to go back to Lebanon County per se, but she wanted to be closer. <laughs> so, cause my mom was a bit of a black sheep. Um, and um, so I think they ended up in uh, Lehigh County where I uh, lived most of my life in Emmaus. Uh, my sister was born in, in Allentown hospital and my dad was a doctor there. Um, and so I grew up in Emmaus and then I went, you know, when I left, I went to Tyler in Philly and then we just kind of now settled here in Douglasville, uh, which is really funny because I swear I was the person who's like, I am going to get out of Pennsylvania as soon as I can. <laughs> I am going right. so far away. I am moving to like, don't laugh, but I was like, Iowa. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, don't I laugh. won't laugh. <laughs> Iowa. I'm I don't move judge. To Iowa. So, or, or New Mexico, those are my top two, but I ended up like, I'm slowly with every move, I'm slowly getting closer to my home that I grew up in. And it's like, I was wow. like in Philly and then Phoenixville and then Pottstown and I'm like, this is ridiculous. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so we're in Douglasville, but, uh, so my mom was Pennsylvania Dutch. My dad, believe it or not, is Egyptian and he's actually an immigrant. He's a refugee. Um, he came here when he was 13, uh, his wow. mom and dad brought them here because uh, at that time, and it still kind of goes on, but at the time it was pretty bad, I guess. Um, if you were a Coptic Egyptian, which is a Christian Orthodox Egyptian in Egypt, uh, the government, i you know, this is not a thing of the people, this is the government we're talking about, um, mm -hmm. was persecuting Coptics. Um, so for example, here's a good example, like uh, well, churches were being bombed and, and people were not allowed to uh, worship. And um, another example, like my my grandfather on that side, my Gidu, he um, was like um, a medical, he was going to be a medical doctor. Also, he wanted to go to medical school. He was actually a year ahead. He was valedictorian. He was very, very smart, but because he was Coptic, they did not allow him to do anything but forensic work. He was not allowed to work on wow. living people. He was only allowed to work on dead people. 
So he became a forensic pathologist um, instead because that was the, they wouldn't, he wanted to be a pediatrician, I think. God, I hope I'm not, my dad's going to listen to this and like fix all my errors. I guarantee it. Um, Sorry, dad. (laughs) The story as I remember it is that he wanted to be a pediatrician, but wasn't allowed because he was Coptic and it was getting dangerous um, actually to be Coptic. So they kind of escaped and they went to Lebanon the country, not the county. Wow, that's kind of weird. I never <laughs> right. really made that, that connection. That is funny. <laughs> There's a lot of that in my life. Um, so <laughs> they went there and they were trying to come over here and they only had budgeted for like six months or something. And they couldn't uh-huh. get in because, and this is a true story, my grandmother doesn't have fingerprints. Yeah. Wow. She like, her skin is like, silk i mean i'm not kidding if you ever felt her hands it's like running your hands over silk she has zero fingerprints and so they would you know fingerprint her send all the fingerprints to the united states they say no good and send it back and they were doing this for like a long time um so so yeah so somehow we got lucky because we had friends who had already come over um and they were also medical doctors and I don't know exactly how they knew the Kennedys or had a connection to the Kennedys, but they asked the Kennedys to sponsor us. And yeah. And so my dad's family um, got sponsored by the Kennedys as refugees in, in the sixties. And that's how they ended up here. They ended up on Long Island in Manhasset. And that's how my mom and dad found themselves an Egyptian man, an Egyptian refugee and a Pennsylvania Dutch woman found love on Long Island be a tv show Um, my dad's family was like i don't know if this is the correct word to use they were like on like that i would call it like aristocracy so like Mm -hmm. you know back before the government came in and decided to change things they were actually like a noble family like it's weird for me to hear stories about my dad's childhood in egypt because it's like they had a cook they had a chauffeur they had a maid they had and now my dad didn't grow up in this, um, but like after they left and the government gave back apparently a castle that we own, no one, no one has claimed it, but the Mishrikis wow. owned a castle. <laughs> so it was, it was wow. seized from the government, by the government. Um, it was seized, I think, before my dad was even born or anything. So he never lived there, but like, it's weird to hear that. And then to hear that you like left that with like no money. And my grandmother mm-hmm. who had never, hence the silk hands had never done any type of work at all. So wow. she was like cooking on like a hot plate. She had never cooked ever, not a day in her life. And she was like cooking on a hot plate with like, you know, I remember my dad said it was just, it was sad to watch, but also amazing to watch. Like she would, you know, she she would get on the bus once they got to Long Island and like push the cart to get the groceries and, you know, just like anybody would. And what a huge thing to give up a life like that, just to make sure your kids were safe and everything. I mean, we would do anything for our kids, of course. It's a no brainer, but it still kind of boggles the mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It also makes you think how bad it must have really been to give up so much. That's what, yeah, that's what I keep thinking. Well, it must have been really something, you know? Yeah, it must have been bad, so. Yeah, I mean, even just with this experience with COVID, I mean, it's like, I I didn't really get it for a long time, Kate, why people were, like, so, like, upset that they had to be around their kids so much. I guess it's just not the kind of parent I am. I mean, sure, we all have our moments where we need, like, a break, of course. I'm sure you're familiar with the 
saying touched out. I'm sure yes. you're familiar with that. I invented um, it. And we, yeah, right. We all go through that, but I like, don't understand this, um, like sort of, uh, I don't know if it's just America, but this entitlement to education as a service to get your kids out of your hair. I mean, certainly yeah. if you have to go to work a hundred percent, I understand that need, but I'm talking about parents that like don't need to go to work and just don't need to like work from home and just don't want to be around their kids. And it's just really hard as a like mom and like an empath and a teacher to hear people talk like that because it breaks my heart for their kids, you know, because whether or not your kids overtly know you feel that way, certainly subvertly they know. And it's just, it's really sad. And I've really like loved this time with my kids. And I know I mean, you're very honest on your Facebook and, you know, you'll like, you'll say how it really is. And like, you're not trying to post like the perfect photos all the time, but it does. What I get out of it is like, you guys are really enjoying life and you're doing lots of, and you're making so much effort to like enrich their experience, even during this very strange time. And, um, I just really appreciate that and value you guys as parents especially for one of my favorite students ever. I told Brandon, he was such a joy and I would kind of be really um, protective of him in art class because, you know, it takes all kinds and um, some teachers are a little bit less uh, creatively spirited. I don't know. Um, Sebastian is my kind of student and my kind of kiddo, you know, he's the kind of kid that I love to teach and I would just let him go wild with the with the materials and just have a really good time you know I was like you buddy and things will be fine and like I just I remember being very like creative where I would do like things and people would just look at me like what is going on I used to Kate I used to take worms out of my, out of my yard and I lived in like a town it wasn't like and we weren't like in, in a, a very rural area but I would take worms and they would talk to each other and have like this whole imagination like this whole entire world for myself and when I would like watch Sebastian approach an art project, I would just remember that feeling of just being so uninhibited and so like intensely creative yeah. in spirit. And I really appreciate that in your, in your son. And he was a lot of fun to have in class. So, um, and I have a little boy with the same kind of spirit and it's really nice to have um, that in my life because I'm always defending him with my husband, like, just let him be himself and like, let him do this super crazy wild thing. Cause it's like part of who he is and he'll probably be solving all the world's issues in 20 years. Right. The creatives figure everything out. Don't you think? I do. And I, but I also think he's going to channel it. I think it's when I say yeah. channel, I think it's going to become more organized in him. Like focus you know, it. Yeah. It's going to re with maturity. Like I was like that as a yeah. kid and I'm not much like that now, but I'm more <laughs> like structured. I have to be, it's my yeah. own sanity, but like, I think he's going yeah. to like right now, every, like imagine being a child, you're a child. So the world is new. Every, yeah. like what things can do are new. You're not even sure. Right. The entire world, life is a science experiment to you, figuring things out, learning. You don't know. You don't know. So like literally right. you're going to try everything. Even if to us, we're like, well, that's stupid. That doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? <laughs> like, we know that's not going to work. He doesn't know that's not going to work. And maybe he'll discover something else. So right now it's like, right now it's like the, potential that the world holds to him is like this big it's like 
exceedingly huge. So it's chaos. And as he figures out the world, as it becomes more structured, as he sees the natural order of things, because nature has order to it. I'm like, yes, that's my most favorite thing about nature is the patterns and the math behind it. So like as nature reveals herself to Sebastian as there being like kind of a flow and a like a it's not just chaos. There's like yes. laws kind of, so to speak. Yeah. She's going to bring it all in and the creativity is going to concentrate, but it's going to be kind of like within the confines of what is. So it's kind of neat because it's like I definitely it think neat. it's gonna it's gonna be this like crazy big chaos bubble that kind of gets pulled into this smaller little concentrated bubble, not less creative, but definitely more, um, what's the word? We Maybe more like, like focused. Focused, but also more yeah. like capable. Like, yeah. like it'll work now because yeah. we know yeah. what works. So I think well, that's going to be good. Yeah. And you know, I guess what, I guess what I'm trying to say too, is like, he was always willing to take a risk or risks. Mm-hmm. And I really like that in my students because especially at that age, like, you know, there's a lot of kids that will just sit back and be so afraid to make any marks or take any, I mean, he was just so committed to it right off the bat. And I just, I love that, that spirit that he has. And he reminded me a lot of my son, which made me of course, very happy because I find um, that they've, you know, well, especially Hunter, cause I'm around him so much, but Sebastian too, like I would learn things from from that because you lose that sometimes you know like you're talking about you kind of like hone it and you hone it in and then especially doing what you love as like your career and then it's like work and it starts to become like not as pleasurable or as exciting as it used to be but being able to see that in kids to see that happening in front of you is really neat and I just I like that he was very present with our work because that's super Montessorian too to be present and like be enjoying the process and it was like he was going for it. And I was like, yes. So we had a really good time together. We were always enjoying um, each other's company. And um, I miss him a lot. And I miss all my kiddos. But um, I'm sure I'll see him again once we get out of this crazy Absolutely. COVID time. And we'll be able to have a, have a nice picnic. friendship. Yes, I can't have wait. A big um, I'm so looking forward to it. I can't wait. That would be so fun. And I'll know I'll be able to eat everything, too. You will. <laughs> um. So Kate, we kind of like fast forwarded a little bit through uh, the work you do. We talked about like what you studied and stuff and how you were very interested in art, but I'd really like to know more about um, the work that you love to do and also the work that you do um, right now with um... Albright. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, so it's weird because so where I'm at, okay, it's just... So basically, if you go to like college me, so as I'm a college student and as I'm kind of like deciding like what I want to do with this, while I was in college, the one thing I have to say is my favorite thing about Tyler, I hope it still holds true on its new campus, is that it is a very conceptual school. So it's, um, they really value um, idea as well Mm -hmm. as technique and as well as aesthetic. So like art for me is like, made up of different parts like you can have something that's beautiful yeah. well crafted well made but what is it offering the world other than just that sometimes that's okay but i'm saying like tyler really pushed you to go beyond the basic aesthetic or the basic craftsmanship they've taught all that 
but they said, how can this make people think? How can this change people? How can this change right. mindsets and what have you? So I, at the time, did mostly sculptural glass. And I did actually mostly like um, mixed media and um, kinetic work. So I actually did a, and light pieces. But a lot of I was getting really into kinetic work. Um, with like motors and moving pieces and it's actually kind of like weird because at the time I knew there was another student doing kinetic work on campus because I saw kinetic sculptures and I knew there was someone else I didn't know who it was but I knew that someone else was doing kinetic and electronic work like me turns out it was Brandon that's so crazy <laughs> and wow. it's funny because we like both talked about times we went into like shows and I'm like and I was in this show and there was this piece and I described it like, that was my piece I'm like that was the coolest oh piece my gosh, and then he'll be like so and I was cool. in this glass show and there was this piece and I did I'm like that was my piece so oh. like we we kind of like were tracking similar with our thing um so I was really into like kinetic I was into um light and um how glass reacts to light. And I was doing big scale pieces or small sculptural pieces or sometimes once in a while installation pieces. But the pieces I were doing were not like profitable. Like unless you're like a real working artist, like getting gallery shows, museum shows. I was doing like more conceptual work at the time. And then I got out of college and Brandon was still in college. He had like another like two years after me. So I was kind of biding my time. I didn't have a place yeah. to work out of because you need a hot shopper or something. And I was yeah. like 22. So it's not like I had, and I was like renting an apartment, like an attic apartment in Philly. So I didn't have space and renting time at a hot shop is like $50 an hour. And who can afford wow. that? Yeah, that's so crazy. I kind of stopped making glass and I shifted into making raw vegan food and I became a raw vegan chef for like three years. <laughs> that's amazing. Before we had moved, I started another kind of body of work, although I never finished my first run of it, my firing. I um, was like, I want to try doing something outside of ice cream. Like it won't sell. It's not made to sell. That's right. The but ice cream is what I can make money off of. And I know yeah. that. So that can put food into the children. And that's the goal <laughs> at the end of the day. Like as much as I would love to go back to being like a super creative artist that like showed me galleries you. and stuff, my children need to eat. So yeah. I need to sell work. Um, so that's that. And that's fine. I actually enjoy the ice cream. It's fun. It's kitschy. It's cute. But uh, I wanted I like to start a doing a series <laughs> of um, visual snow. So like I have this condition that they didn't even consider a condition until very recently. And I've been talking about it since I was a kid and Sebastian talks about it too. So he must have it. It's called visual snow. So like my eyesight, everything looks like I have, like I live in a Surat painting. Wow. So I have, it almost is like having static over everything. Wow. Yes. Colored dots, the little colored dots. And if you, don't pay close attention. You don't notice them. But if you look at like, I'm looking at like a blank wall. It's just, it's a field of colored dots, um, wow. really tiny, like pin dots. But um, mm -hmm. I would attribute it to like, it's some kind of neurological thing. So you get migraines mm -hmm. more frequently, probably mm. connected. Sebastian's always like, mom, what are all the colored dots on the walls? I'm like, yeah, that's just your vision, honey. So as a kid, I was obsessed. I mean, like I would like, close my eyes at night and I would just watch them for like an hour before falling asleep. I called them my gumballs. Um, wow. And I would always say, I'm watching the gumballs. 
and uh, I wanted to try to use glass to simulate visual snow. So I found a bunch of teeny, 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 tiny, like they're almost like little balls and they're really small. Um, they're not beads, they don't have a hole in them, they're super tiny balls in all sorts of different transparent colors. And I'm trying to um, tack feed, like spread them out and mm -hmm. then tack fuse them to like clear planes of glass so that you wow. have like a visual snow plane. I'm gonna do some just on like clear glass, some on white glass, some over black glass. I wanna do things like putting them over pictures to see how it distorts like photographs. I wanna even put it over like pointillist artists, so like Surratt or like Jack mm -hmm. Baker or something. I also wanna like make glasses with the lenses being visual snow and stuff. So that's my, my like going forward, that's where I wanna land as far as a creative artist goes. Like I'm really interested wow. in that exploring that so we'll see yeah. maybe uh maybe by like summer or fall i love that i i hope you can make some time to work on that because that sounds amazing it's funny because i'm um, my son is on the spectrum and he's a visual stimmer so he's really since he was a little little guy he would always take like you know the tops of like your tupperware and <laughs> they're like mm -hmm. clear red and yeah. he'd go like this in front of his eye and i always like, like I mentioned before, I find him like fascinating, not in like an exploitive way, but just like no. watching the way he looks at the world. I don't know. It kind of, you know, people talk about this a lot when they have like special needs children and maybe less severe and profound special needs children where it's like, you can see there's so much beauty in the, in the like difference, quote unquote. Um, and that's one of the things, like just the way he looks at the world. I remember handing him my phone and at the beach one time and he must have been like two or three maybe and telling him to take pictures and just the things that he wanted to take pictures of we kind of got a a a, a um what's the word I want we got like um an inside look of like how he views the world and it was really cool like he was just really good at like taking pictures and anything like that um at a really young age but it was neat to see the way he looked at things differently little people are my people like I don't know Little people are people. Well, they're less judgmental. I just feel awkward, like yeah, awkward with like the college crowd, yeah. And I, they're just I just don't speak the language. Like I speak little people, no. and I just don't speak the 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 older kid crowd. But that's very cool. I I would be very excited to see that come together. I always love any kind of like visual um changing your your visual um plane and stuff. Experience. Any kind of yeah experience. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So you were living in Emmaus and you're half Pennsylvania Dutch and, and, um, Egyptian and some other things, I guess. I mean, so Emmaus is pretty, uh, it's weird. So like, it was a nice town. I liked my yeah. childhood quite a bit. We lived kind of more in lower Mukunji, uh, like set back from the actual town of Emmaus, but Emmaus gotcha. was lovely, but there wasn't much to do. Um, yeah. As these small towns are like, that's how it's different now. The Lehigh Valley has exploded. I, when I drive right. home, I'm like, I don't know what this road is. This is a new overpass. Where the heck am I? What are these shops? What is this road? Like, I don't even recognize my town anymore. So, um, my dad actually just moved to Orfield, which I prefer because it's very country. He lives like on top yeah. of a mountain now and he has oh, that's like, awesome. acres of just as far as the eye can see of like, it's like being Heidi, like living on the mountain. 
So oh, that's really cool. He mentioned to me in our interview that you had gone to clown school. Oh, for God's sake. Oh my gosh. And I had seen, he had shared the the clown video of you guys, um, I guess on his Instagram. And I was like, I think that's Kate. Is that Kate? I think that's Kate. And I was like, of course that's Kate. All the things I need to know. That is so amazing, first of all. And you guys looked so incredible. You looked so cool. And like, how did that come up from finishing? He said right after college, kind of, right? Even before, and you, like. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was right after college. Yeah. So even before that, my whole life, I've like been in love with clowns. Like I love clowns. I love. I'm the opposite. I'm terrified. How can you see? I've never understood this. My roommate in college was terrified of clowns. And I do not. I literally like this does not compute for me. Like I think it was the movie or something. I think I was exposed to it. I know it's so weird. Funny. Tell me all the things. I I was so intrigued by this. I grew up watching a lot of like funny comedian. It's like my dad loves humor. So I watched funny things all the time. Like I grew up watching the Marx Brothers. And so Harpo's essentially a clown. I watched I Love Lucy, who's my favorite. She's a clown. Yes, she is. But I mean, she'll even say like she was trained to be a clown. So like I didn't know that. She yeah, she was a I mean, she was a trained a series actress, but she Right, but um, like she took it that seriously. Was it Red Button or Red Skellington? So one of them um, like told her like you're a clown and then she started on that path. So I grew up with yeah. like, Harpo Marx. I love Lucy. These were clowns to me, uh, without the makeup. And I grew up watching like Monty Python and all this stuff. And so humor is huge for me. Um, probably why I married Brandon. Actually, it's exactly why I married Brandon. I will tell you Aww. that now. Brandon used to make me laugh so hard. My Aww. face would hurt. I mean, yes, like, for days, I love that. Like I would be with him for like a day or two. And the next three days I was like, ow, I'm in pain. Holy crap. Cause I would be laughing and smiling so much. I mean, he, he was the funniest person. So I love funny and clowns are not just funny and they are so funny, but they're the type of funny that doesn't hurt anybody else. So like they don't have to be rude or mean or mock right. you or bring you yeah, like comedian clown. Sometimes. It's all on you. It's self-deprecation, self-deprivation, self-deprecation. Oh my God, I can't I think self-deprecation, right? Yes. And so like you're using yourself. You're like basically making an idiot of yourself. You're teasing (laughs) yourself. You're mocking yourself to make others laugh. It's selfless. And then also visually, I thought they were the most beautiful things I had ever seen. I know it sounds weird, but there was color and there was shape and there was pattern. And I love pattern. I'm like a pattern fanatic. And I'm a color fanatic. So I just was like, these things are the most marvelous thing God has ever created. And I always like, was like, I would love to be a clown just because I wanted to be as beautiful as that, like inside and out. And I, um, so when I met Brandon, I was like, this is going to sound so weird. It's going to sound creepy and weird, but I would like, oh God, I would like dress as a clown in my spare time. (laughs) Like, like. Some people cross-dress on the side. I was dressing as a clown. Like, that was, like, my thing. Like, not around people in my own apartment. I would, like, get in full, like, a wig and the outfit and do all the makeup. And I I wouldn't do anything. I would just be a clown. I would just exist in this. Oh, you wouldn't, like, have, like, you wouldn't, like, practice and stuff? Um, I mean, I had some little tricky things I did, but I just loved feeling, I don't know. I do know this. The first time Brandon ever saw me, and this is really 
I was probably drunk or something at the time. I don't know. So like I said, even in college, I was doing this where I was dressing as a clown. When my roommate, who was terrified of clowns, would go home on the weekend. She used to go home on the weekend. I dressed as a clown because mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, she wasn't there. And I remember one Halloween, I dressed as a clown and I ran over to Tyler. It was like nine or 10 at night and I had a bag of candy and I'm full clown. And I'm just going around campus giving people candy dressed as a clown. And I don't remember this in the sense that I don't remember people specifically. Brandon said, you gave me candy right. that night. And I'm like, I Aww. don't remember any of this. Um, so I apparently that's the first time he ever met me or we met each other. And I don't know. Oh, wow. But it was so as a clown. I was like, right then and there, I can't believe you. Once you later met me not as a clown, you were like, yeah, that's the one I like. Um <laughs> You know, who dresses as a and he recognized you. Like, did yeah. he recognize that you were the mm-hmm. same person? Yes, I think so. Wow. I'm pretty sure. That's um, kind of so, incredible. Well, I wanted to be a clown. And so I remember after school, and I was like waiting for Brandon, I'm like, I should get some training, so to speak. Yes. And I, we, we were going on this crazy road trip. We had planned a 14 week road trip across the United States to cross like something like 36, 37 states. And one of them was oh, going wow. to be Minnesota. And in Minnesota, there's a clown camp called Mooseburger Clown Camp. It's one of the most famous clown camps in the country. Uh, so clowns from all over go there. Aspiring clowns, professional clowns. Priscilla Mooseburger is an old ringling clown. Um, oh, wow. An ex-ring. I don't want to say old. That sounded horrible. I'm sorry, Priscilla. It, it, she's an ex-ringling clown. She used to work for them. Her daughter also was a ringling clown uh, just a few years ago, right up until they stopped uh, being a, a circus. And so I went and we, we stayed, I, you know, Brandon stayed in a motel all day while I went to, yeah, he was saying that. Yes. <laughs> Cause you know, and I went and I learned some great things and I met amazing people. And what it taught me is that you can't mm-hmm. learn this. You, you can learn the skills, but the, the spirit of a clown, you either are, or you aren't. And I'm, far too self-conscious of a human being to be a clown because a clown cannot care one iota what someone thinks about them because you literally are going to make an ass of yourself. That's your job. Your job is to make an ass of yourself. And I can't do, I mean, I can make an ass of myself, but I'm going to like need therapy afterwards to like deal with like the inner, like, ah, you know, they hate me. Like it's not going to go well for me. So I learned that as much as I love clowns, I myself should not be one. And then kind of realized, but Brandon should. Oh, wow. I'm just and watching so, your spit while you're talking. It's it's giving me life. It's so funny. I love it. I might be a better mime. I don't know. Um, but it's really I, sweet. I, I think Brandon would make, because that is Brandon. And that's what he does now. Like his yeah, show. Yeah. Now people, I would say a lot of people call him a clown. Like, oh, he, oh, what are you, a clown or something? And they say it in a very derogatory way. Right. Um, so he'll be like, I'm a magician. Because um, mm-hmm. for some reason, magician has like a higher status than clown. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, um, but people, you know, but he is, he's, you know, yeah. he's a magician, but he is a clown. He's 100% a clown. So yeah. I guess he got to live the dream. <laughs> oh. But it was great. You, it was a good experience. Do you feel like he is less self-conscious than mm-hmm. you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's like my favorite thing about Brandon is his, actually, I will say this. So I, 
I probably married him because he made me laugh so hard, but I probably mm -hmm. was attracted to him. And I know this for a fact. I was attracted. The thing that attracted me to Brandon right off the bat was this self-confidence that I had mm -hmm. never before seen in another human being. Like, you know, when you're in your twenties and your teens, basically a lot of what you yeah. do is to create a persona that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is pleasing to others. You yeah. know, to appear one way or the other that you think is going to get you a positive reaction or get you praise or get you whatever, get you liked, accepted. Uh, Brandon was accepted and liked for being just who he was. And he never, ever had to be anybody else. Even when yeah. who he was kind of went against what was what everybody else was. And he was like mm -hmm. his own thing. He never felt like, oh, wait, I, I need to be like that to be fitting in. He was like, no, just be me. And either you're going to like me or you're not. And right. people liked him. And I think they liked him because he was genuine. And I just, I seriously remember he glowed. I don't know how else to explain my first sight of Brandon. Uh, I looked at him and I'm just like, he's almost glowing. It's like weird. Um, he was really confident. So that definitely was, uh, yeah, he has that inner inner confidence that we all want. Yeah. He just has it. Yeah. And it's not like, because um, my husband's like that too. And it's not like sometimes people that are very confident can be like egotistical or narcissistic but it's not like that it's just no. like very self-assured and it's and it's a beautiful thing um yeah I remember when he was uh talking to me about um going to school for art he was just so matter of fact that that's what he was going to do and that's what was supposed to happen and I thought that was really cool um I think you guys make a really wonderful couple and you made some two beautiful and wonderful children and I can't wait to watch them grow up and see all the wonderful things that they're going to do because I think it's neat to um for particularly Sebastian because I know him to have parents that can understand the level of um creativity that he has inside of him you know and and just the curiosity I would say curiosity too in wanting to know a lot about the way the world works and a lot of kids don't have that and a lot of kids are they sit back and, and not to negate that style of um, childhood, but, you know, it's exciting to see children that have such a, such a, um, what, I don't want to say lust for life because that's not a good it's way a to zest. say it, but it's a zest. Zest. Thank you. Zest. A zest for life. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting my Iggy Pop and my teacher, my Montessori <laughs> language mixed up. But yeah, um, it makes me really happy. <laughs> But what I kind of wanted to ask you, um, Kate, but this kind of like breaks my heart a bit. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think of any of my friends that could help me along this path because, you know, I didn't grow up in the culture. Um, I identify, I'm like half Welsh, half Dutch, probably some other shit in there, of course. But um, Maya is not Hunter's daughter and she is half Puerto Rican, 100% half Puerto Rican, like definitely. And then a quarter Pennsylvania Dutch, a quarter Welsh. And she you know, we're like super immersed in this culture because like, like our job and shit. And she's like, but mom, I don't identify that way at all because I don't look like that. And I'm like, oh yeah. crap. Like, so part of my idea, and I was going to run this by you, like off, off the, off the, um, like us talking about it on the podcast or whatever. I keep thinking of like doing an art project or something or a photography project. That's like thinking that. about like going. Yeah. Like, this is pen or like what was it like this yeah, is what a feminist is looks like yeah oh this is what God. a Pennsylvania right because Kate here's the thing like I know so many people that are like biracial and Pennsylvania yeah. Dutch and like we all look differently even if we identify like in the checkbox of white 
And I thought, wow, what a like, what an empowering thing to do with her and for her, you know, like to show her and, and all of my kids. That. Do you? Because I'm like, am I just oh, like I totally like self-inflating? <laughs> no, like a- I love it. Something that I think would be, I understand that it's a, a visual of her, how her appearance is and all that. And that's good to touch on. But also how it's evolved. Pennsylvania Dutch yeah. or culture in general is not right. like this thing that just right. is it, it, it it's it's yes. living it's it alive yeah each generation so like yeah us as pennsylvania Dutch folks wow we still love the the traditions we love the folklore we love the art yeah. and the culture and the you know the traditions and all of that stuff the language um we're not our grandparents no. We have completely different mindsets. Mm-hmm. We're more open-minded, liberal, like artistic. Not all of us, I'm sure, but right. I definitely feel like you can't just like, you know, to be Pennsylvania which does not mean to be from 1923. You know, right. it, like I, my mother was probably the first one to be like the rebel in the family. She like was like, I'm gonna move yeah. to the Bronx, and my grandfather. That's was amazing. Sports. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to move to She, like, dated black men. They don't know this. Wow. <laughs> she, I just like, saw her picture. She's so beautiful, too. Yeah, most beautiful woman. She she dated, like, outside of her race. I don't believe in race. She dated outside of her race. And she um, married a, a man from another country. Like, my, I always joke with my grandpa. I'm like, you poor suffering man. <laughs> like, your, poor, so your daughter killed your legacy. And he laughs. Mm-hmm. But it's like she, you know, I'm saying, like, that that breakaway from certain mm-hmm. aspects. Yeah. Is that a full breakaway? We embrace the good, we reject the bad. So um Kate. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I'm now my face hurts from smiling. Right. Just like it's with like- Brandon. It was so much fun to talk to you. I love podcasting because I get to talk to people that I haven't talked to in a while and get to learn so much more about you that we probably would have never even talked about, just friend level, you know. This was really fun. I'm so happy that I got to be on. I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I guess we didn't have a problem talking anything. No, I never like, you know, I'll make like a loose ideas, like loose idea for topics because some people get really nervous and I just let them know, like, here's what we can talk about in case you can't think of anything. But we almost end up like it starts with how did we meet? And then it kind of goes from there. So it was really fun to see where we would go with it. And I learned so much about you guys. And also, um, about your work I had no idea all of the different things and um it was really fun to learn so much how can people find you and follow you to keep up with your work for now I would say just find me on Facebook as a human being so maybe you know maybe once we're done with COVID and I'm not homeschooling uh I'll start an Instagram but for now just find me on Facebook uh, when I do put up work, whenever that's going to be next. So I was already like, ooh, I got to check that out. So you're so yeah, good about that, promoting um, other artists. Listen, I'll tell you what, I pay it forward because so many people helped me. I just can't even believe how fortunate I am that I can do what I love. I'm just really grateful. And of course, it is always a hustle because it's never like I'm making a bunch of money because I don't think, you know, it's in the cards. But I'm very grateful to be able to do what I love. So I always try and help out people. I got a lot of help and I always remember that, you know, and I think that's just a good law to live by, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Yes.